The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hey folks, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week. If the Twitter toddler in the White House has you completely stressed out, head on over to BubbleGenius.com and pick up their exclusive Republican voodoo doll featuring the face and body of our cartoon dictator. This item is only available for a limited time, so get yours now. Only $25 at BubbleGenius.com, with a third of the proceeds going to support the campaigns of resistance candidates across the country. Plus, if you use our promo code BOBC at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Oh, fuck it! Broadcasting from resistance headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hey. Hello. Come on, how was your date? Interesting. Really? Ooh, yeah. Why, what happened? Let's see. How shall I put this? Well, just put it. He took it out. He what? He took it out. He took what out? It. He took it out? Yes, sirree, Bob. He couldn't. He did. Well, you were involved in some sort of amorous... No. You mean he just... Yes. Are you sure? Oh, quite. There was no mistaking it? Jerry. So you were talking, mm -hmm. you were having a pleasant conversation, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden... Yeah. It. It. Out. Out. Bob if you vote for me, all of your wildest dreams will come true. The Bob Seska Show! Stop the hammering! Hello, Bob. Oh... The great Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Oh, man. She just announced that she was diagnosed with breast cancer today. Fuck, you listen to me. Fuck cancer. Jesus Christ. It fucking sucks. I mean, I, I hate to I hate to bring it down to uh, politics, but why the fuck can't we do anything about cancer in this country? I mean, it seems like it seems like we're well past due to have a cure for some of this crap, and it just, I, I know, I know. Ah, it pisses me off. Anyway, hey, hey, look, right over there, it's Jackie Schechner. Hey. Hello, Jackie. Yes, it is. Hi, Jackie. Hi. Yeah, and then I start off my day thinking, is it time I get a mammogram again? Like, where's... Yeah, God Where am I it. in that schedule? Yeah, I mean, it just... Huh. Yeah. It's uh, all, all too familiar and all too close for too many people. Yeah, and it just seems to me as if uh, we should be much farther along. I know it's, it's one of those things that are just... It's so elusive. It's so impossible to target because it's your own cells, basically. But... Mm -hmm. We should have something. I you mean, would I, think. Yeah. I mean, there's also plenty of conversation to be had about where donated money goes and how much right. of it actually goes to cancer research yep. and how much of it goes to overhead and buying pink things and marketing and advertising. And, you know, I think that there's probably uh, plenty of investigative work that's been done about that. But mm -hmm. there are some organizations that collect a tremendous amount of money. Uh, and I don't think m m as much of it goes... I don't want to misstate this as much of it goes to actual research as we would hope. Yeah. And it just always seems to me, and there have of course been all kinds of fiction written about this. I think there was an episode of the West wing about this, but I mean, I don't understand why we can't do 
like a Manhattan Project or like a moonshot kind of, a moon race kind of effort to finally cure this goddamn cancer. I mean, it seems so simplistic to say, why don't we have a cure for cancer yet? But every time this comes up, every time I see someone uh, who either I care about or that we all revere in some way, Julie Louis-Dreyfus just won the, uh, won the Emmy for Veep. And oh, she's such a good show. And she's such a talented actor and so, oh, so fucking funny. By the way, the, the show is not safe for work now. I don't know if you've noticed that, Jackie, but we're, <laughs> we're swearing on the show now. And Intentionally? Maybe Did we not, get dirtier on purpose? We're not seeking it out as much okay. as we are just You just want to use the new beep feature you have or something like that. No, right? we're <laughs> actually, we're getting rid of the beeping. There is no more. What? There is no more bleeping on the show, which is why we can play things like this. It fucking sucks. <laughs> it's actually quite popular. Everyone loves the fact that we're not bleeping the show anymore. That I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that every other word is going to be the F-bomb, but we're no longer dancing around the adult language. So well, just throwing that not out there. Not suitable for work. We're NC-17 now. And of course, you, you all know Jackie Schechner. She's from InvestigateRussia.org, which is like the go-to site now as far as uh, accumulating all of the information about the Russian attack. Um, in fact, I just started, I, I started a whole new dry erase board, Jackie. I've got a dry erase board now where on one side I've listed all of the Trump names, all of the names associated with Donald Trump, and then on the other side, I've got a bunch of Russian names, which I was getting to the point where I was having trouble recalling all of the Russian names in this entire attack, in the, in the story and the reporting about uh, the Russian attack. It was almost impossible to keep track Well, of you're in luck, Bob, because on InvestigateRussia.org, yep. there are key player bios for the Trump team, yep. right? Anyone who's worked for Trump, with Trump, then the associates of Trump, right? The people that are kind of on the fringe but affiliated uh -huh. with him. Then we have the Russians and Ukrainians. Yep. We have the U.S. investigators and officials, and then people who fall into the other category, because I didn't know really where to put them. Yeah. People like Glenn Simpson, Christopher Steele. Yeah. Uh, so the cool thing, uh, you know, to do this little plug for the site, because I put a tremendous amount of work in it, as oh, has God, the yeah. team that I've been working with, is that as you're reading these stories, you right there on the site can go and be like, oh, who is that guy again? And then look <laughs> it up, and there's a full-on bio of who that person is. I call it six six degrees of separation of Sergey. You know, there's like <laughs> there's like right. a gazillion Sergeys, and you know, some of them. Um, there are actually I don't I don't even claim at this point to have everybody because mm. as these stories evolve, there's more and more names that keep coming up and I have to add a bio for them and I have like three or four Russians that I need to add in. Yeah. Um, but I tried to, when we launched it, to have, I mean, I, I would say at this point we have 85 separate bios in there with a picture for most of them. There's some of them we don't have pictures for um, because we don't have the legal rights to their photograph. Mm -hmm. um, but there's full descriptions of who they are and how they're affiliated. Uh, and as those, those stories evolve, uh, it becomes it becomes mandatory, really, to have that at your fingertips. Yeah. Because as you said, like we can't all. First of all, we don't you know don't have the room for a dry erase board and a giant map. <laughs> I know who these people are and who has that kind of time. So we did it right. for you. Yeah, and it was important because I I endeavored to start my new dry because I had a dry erase board going and I had all of the Trump scandals listed on it, yeah. all of the Trump things, and there was just there was just no room anymore. Besides, Kimberly would come in here and draw little pictures of Donald Trump, like <laughs> look, like she had like actual size Trump uh, a Trump handprint drawn oh, in actual like size it's really teeny tiny of course <laughs> and uh, things like that so I just I started anew and I started to list all of these names by memory to see how many I could come up with and of course the American side was really easy the Russian side was a little more difficult especially when you begin to designate like oh who's in charge of uh, Venetia Conan Bank I don't know uh, uh, uh. and so yeah. now so I had to go back to investigate Russia.org to that list of names sort of Yay! the the roster of all the, of course, and and so it was extraordinarily helpful. I was able to fill in a lot of blanks just by going through the names and going through the bios to find out who they were. In fact, I had gotten the fertilizer king mixed up with the aluminum king. Aluminum king. <laughs> I just I couldn't I couldn't. Fit. Oh, who's the Oleg Deripaska? Who is that guy? Oh, that's right. Oleg Deripaska is the aluminum king. <laughs> And, and the the fertilizer king is Dmitry Rybololev. Rybololev? I guess I don't know how you pronounce that name. I'm just uh, that's why no, I, he's I just, the one who bought the house in Palm Springs. Exactly right. 
That's right. He sold. That's right. Trump made a huge profit on that. The uh, end game of that story we still haven't heard yet. I still want to know how the hell Trump ended up just making such an enormous profit on that Palm Beach property. But but there. But he never lived in. Gave like a half a coat of paint, and then all of a sudden it sold for a tremendous profit to the. uh, It's uninhabitable. I mean, that's the crazy part is the guy who bought it never lived in it because it had a serious mold problem. (laughs) Right, right. The fancy that the fertilizer king had a mold problem in his house. Uh, so anyway, so and and there was the other thing we were talking about this before the show, Jackie. Uh, there was this big story we discussed it with Buzz Burbank on Tuesday. It's a, a New York Times Magazine story called "How Fake News Turned a Small Town Upside Down." It is a huge story. It's going to be in this weekend's uh, New York Times Magazine, but the online version came out. An enormous read involving. A cast of thousands and fake news and Russian propaganda and rape stories and Chobani yogurt and just like it's just oh <laughs> what god a Molly Crew I mean it is stuff. <laughs> it's so extensive it actually r- looped in as one of the main characters in the article my former podcast partner who actually introduced me to Chez um, I mentioned on the show on Tuesday that this guy Lee Stranahan who was a progressive at the time in 2009. So I did a podcast. I remember that. I did, yeah, I did a blog blog talk radio podcast with him uh, for, I don't know, about six or eight months. And then uh, then he suddenly became a conservative. And I I wrote in my uh, Banter Magazine article today that I'm constantly, or not constantly, but I occasionally think to myself, when I was yelling at Lee on the show about health care, because he became he turned against the Affordable Care Act when it was still in progress. He became one of the kill the bill people with Jane Hampshire. And they decided, OK, this bill is bad. So we're going to try to kill the Affordable Care Act before it got passed. And so there was, in fact, a liberal effort to kill that. And, and what ended up happening because of that is on the show, I was yelling at Lee for an hour every time we we did the show. Like, what is wrong with you? Why are you saying? And he would come up with these conspiracy theories as to why he was opposed to the bill. And I think that became, um, and I wonder whether or not my yelling at him <laughs> triggered him to was say. Was it a delicate snowflake moment? I might have been. And, and he ran to the uh, loving embrace of Andrew Breitbart, where he became a, uh, a minion of Andrew Breitbart. And eventually also a minion of Steve Bannon and was dispatched by Steve Bannon to go to Twin Falls, Idaho, where the Chobani factory is, to cover the alleged Muslim takeover of Twin Falls, Idaho, and allegations that ISIS was raping people there. And so Rachel Maddow did, I think it was either her B block or her C block on last night's show. She did, she interviewed the reporter who wrote the uh, wrote this huge article, a monumental article about the confluence of of uh, American-based Trump-supporting fake news and Russian fake news, because as we heard uh, a few weeks ago, it was a Russian Facebook page, a Russian-backed Facebook page in the United States that targeted Twin Falls for a protest rally organized by Russians, attended by, well, sparsely so, by Americans, and of course, right in the middle of all of this is goddamn Lee Stranahan <laughs> from my my old podcast partner, who, you know, and it just, oh my God. And so they made it out to seem as if this uh, this rape case, well, I, we don't even know if it was, a, it was a sexual assault incident involving three young children, all of them prepubescent, all of them younger than eight or nine years old. And it took place in this apartment building laundry room. And we don't know the extent of it. It is pretty serious based on what the uh, reporter was saying. But that incident got blown up by Lee and other people into being ISIS is raping people in Twin Falls, Idaho. That was the that became the fake news. That became the rallying cry behind uh, Russian trolls coming in and infiltrating that story and spreading it around on Facebook and organizing protest rallies against Chobani Yogurt, who they accused of hiring Syrian refugees, uh, even though there are zero at the time there were zero Syrian refugees in that town. How- May still How be. do we reset the common sense meter in this country? I mean, yeah, that like I hear that's... this story and I think like where where did we go awry that somebody would buy this? I mean, yeah. it's it's so far fetched and it's so crazy. And 
I understand when people think, oh, you know, I, I don't believe the mainstream media. Like, I understand it's silly, but I, you know, I understand that there's some skepticism out there. But when the stories that you're being fed are so, like, are you that bored with your life that you think that this could possibly be true? I just, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get why people, like, where people lose their common sense. Like, if it smells fishy, it's fishy. Like, it's, it's insane. Yeah, you're exactly right. And it's so frustrating. And we saw it even It's like before. the child sex ring pizza gate, right? The, yeah. The child sex ring being run out of the ba- non-existent basement of a pizza place in D.C. I mean, like, yeah. who thinks, like, never mind the fact that it's an absurd story. Where would Hillary Clinton find the time? I mean, come on. <laughs> exactly. How would she find the time to run How that child sex ring? How would she manage a child sex ring? I mean, she's got her full plate. How does she do these things? Uh, but, yeah. I mean, why that's would she want to? Like, why is that something she would aspire to do? It's, it's, uh, it's absurd. Like, where is your common sense, people? Yeah, it's exactly the same situation. And, you know, we were talking about this even before the Russian component emerged in this entire fake news thing, the propaganda online, just in terms of fake news sites that had started just to exploit people's penchant for clicking on things without really reading them. I mean, Mm -hmm. I go back to 2013 when I was covering the the Snowden stuff and all of the terrible reporting that was going on surrounding Edward Snowden. And what was remarkable to me is that so few people who were actually circulating some of these articles, whether they were by Glenn Greenwald or Laura Poitras or whoever, they weren't reading the article. And we were finding, a bunch of us were finding all kinds of mitigating circumstances buried deep down in the articles, like 12 paragraphs, 24 paragraphs down, where, in fact, I had cited this uh, news story in Slate where they calculated how many people actually read down below or actually scroll down into an article to actually oh, read the full scope. they probably don't. It's they probably don't. very little. Yeah, and in fact, what was going on is something we see even still today. If you scroll through your news feed, you'll see Facebook friends of yours who are just impulsively sharing things that they really didn't read. And Mm -hmm. so consequently, you get a lot of fly-by-night blog outfits, fake news purveyors, things like that. And and certainly last year and going into uh, this year and next year, lots of fake news spread around by Russian trolls trying to screw up uh, democracies around the world, trying to break up world alliances. That's a whole other story that I want to talk about today. Uh, well, that's, that's an interesting thing that you bring up because, uh, you know, as I focus more and more on this Russian information and, and what's going on with it, Facebook put something up about kind of the aftermath of the German elections. Yeah. And one of the things that's been noted is that the attention paid to fake news helps to tamp it down a little bit. People become more skeptical uh, of what they're being fed and they pay a little more attention to it. Now, that's in Germany. I don't know if yeah. here in America we have that inclination. But uh, the drawing attention to it and letting people understand that what they're seeing isn't necessarily the truth yep. uh, in, a, in a normal society should should help a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what we're discovering now is um, there was a report that just came out that said that uh, disinformation and fake news, junk news turned up in swing states, 12 swing states, more so than anywhere else in the United States prior to the election. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, there was some question as to uh, how this targeting was done. And that's a, a deeper question that the Russian investigation will get into. Yep. But, uh, you know, if it wasn't effective, it wouldn't be used. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I've learned about how Russian disinformation processes work is that they throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Oh, yeah. And if they're propagating fake news or junk news or whatever you want to call it or disinformation and they find that it's it's gaining traction, then that's the methodology they're going to continue to use. Yep. And so if people are dumb enough to keep buying and circulating this information, uh, and by buying, I mean buying into this information, uh, then the Russians are going to keep doing it. So the yep. best, one of the best defenses we have is education as to what's likely true and what isn't and where you're getting your news from. Yeah, and it was plain to see, and in fact there was some reporting about it, uh, going into last year's election cycle, which was all you know, all about uh, our penchant for for circulating, sharing, liking, retweeting fake news stories, uh, just by accident, just by oh, that looks like a funny story, let's retweet that, or oh my god, that's an outrageous headline, I can't believe that uh, Hillary Clinton said that about Bernie, retweet, 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 and then that it spreads all around, and we didn't even bother to look at what website it originally came from, we didn't bother to look at the actual content. I mean, there are some 
sites out there run by people who I see shared even today who, mm -hmm. if you look at the actual articles, there is nothing related to the headline in that actual article. There are very few links. I think of one guy, uh, I think his name is Bill Palmer. He did a website called Palmer Report, and now he's got oh, another. Yeah, sure. yeah, Yeah, and so he's notorious for that. In fact, when I called him out on it on, on the Daily Banter, he threatened to sue the Daily Banter, which was uh, quite interesting, very very similar to the MO of Donald Trump, I think. Wrong. But uh, but so that and, and so Russia actually started to exploit that idea that Americans would just blindly share stories that they couldn't verify, that they weren't looking at, that came from irreputable sources and so on. Mm -hmm. But I think the bigger picture here is something that uh, we can start to talk about here, which is that, uh, and Rachel was in fact discussing it last night, which is, what is the end game? What does Russia want to achieve out of all of this? Oh, and I can tell you. <laughs> yes, go ahead, start. So uh, Russia doesn't have the military strength that it used to, right. right? And the way that they can gain power is to disrupt democracy around the world. They can try to cause discord in our society and then in the society as well of other democracies. They want to break up NATO. They mm -hmm. want to break up the alliance against Russia. And they yeah. want to continue to make Russia stronger by weakening other countries. Yep. So if they can sow discord, if they can create arguments within political parties, if they can widen social divides and manipulate uh, social issues here and elsewhere, and then also turn NATO partners against each other, uh, Russia then becomes stronger. And so that's that's Putin's uh, MO. That's yep. what he's looking for. He's an authoritarian who's looking to return Russia to the kind of superpower status that it had when it was the Soviet Union. Yeah. Uh, and that's the goal. And, and every Russia expert will tell you that, that that's, he wants money, he wants power, he wants control. And the way to do that would be to weaken democracy. And frankly, he's succeeding. Yeah. I mean, if you look at, at, at how we're, I mean, that's what we're, why we created this, this committee to investigate Russia. Uh, it's really a citizens committee. It's like, hey, let's all band together at this point and protect democracy because he's doing a really good job of, of pitting us against each other. And yep. it, it, it used to be that politics would stop at the water's edge. Uh, and we're at the point now where that's not happening. And if you've got the Russians going in and putting out a Black Lives Matter ad in Baltimore and Ferguson, and then an anti-Black Lives Matter ad in the parts of the country that tend to have uh, negative attitudes towards uh, racial other racial parties, um, I don't know how to say it as delicately as possible, but if you start to pit those groups against each other oh, yeah. intentionally, uh, they're going to get the end result, which is a society divided. Yep. Yep, so, and, that, anyway, and that makes. I don't know if that's what Rachel said, but that's what everybody I've spoken to and the research I've done. Is yeah, it's <laughs> it's all basically the same: divide and conquer. That's it. I mean, right. Vladimir Putin wants to return to the time when, and this is pre World War II, uh, maybe even pre World War One, after which the League of Nations was formed. He wants to be able to break up all of these global alliances, all of yes. these trade, whether it's trade alliances or territory alliances, the EU, NATO, the United Nations, all these alliances that formed groups of nations by breaking those nations up by breaking up those alliances leaves each individual nation to fend for itself where mm -hmm. everyone goes back to a time when there are just a bunch of scattered nation states all acting on their own best self-interest america first for example and then mm -hmm. uh and then using that strife between these nations that were former alliance partners to go in and uh and and start to slowly take them over so basically russia is is going to be building its physical territory, its geographic territory, while breaking up the territory established by these uh, these alliances. Uh, be yeah, they I mean, NATO Putin has designated NATO a national security threat officially yeah. because he sees the addition of like the Baltic states into NATO as being an incursion into Russia's near abroad. Yeah. So he sees NATO, instead of NATO being a defensive alliance to protect the rest of the world from any sort of Russian incursion, he likes to frame NATO as an incursion into his territory. Yep. Um, and that's that's what's all behind this. And and I will plug away again. I know it's annoying and I won't do it anymore. But <laughs> no, on the site, we have this. No, on the site, we have this whole Russia section. Um, and it was like writing a term paper every time I put one of these together. But it, it, it's what you know, how Russia operates, <laughs> yeah. what Putin wants, like U.S. Russia relations and human rights abuses. Yep. And, and th these are all things that are important to understanding the larger context. Like you have a president of the United States who's turning around and saying it's all a hoax and it's a witch hunt and it's all made up. 
and it's fabricated and fake news and everybody hates me. But the truth is there's some real expert analysis behind this. And you have to understand the Soviet Union and U.S.-Russia relations and Vladimir Putin and the background of, of these people and these movements and, and why this is all happening to understand uh, what Russia did during our election, what it continues to do. Uh, and why we need to pay attention to it. So yeah. it, 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 it's a more important, even more important than you've been led to believe. Yeah. First of all, we're starting to see the number of people who are actually influenced, combined with uh, something that I want to get into uh, later on in the show, which is the impact of voter ID, for example. Uh, uh, and so you combine all of these ways to suppress Democratic voters, and suddenly uh, we begin to see w- why exactly uh, Donald Trump was able to win. And I, and I think. This notion, we have to start uh, striking down this notion, debunking this notion whenever we hear someone say it. And they're still saying it. Some pundits are still saying it. Analysts on uh, even on MSNBC are sometimes occasionally still saying it outside people who come in as analysts and sit in those little squares. And what they're saying, that's my technical jargon, by the way. I'm not sure if you follow <laughs> the little squares. I think that's what they call it. <laughs> little squares. Yeah, little squares. Uh, and, and so what they'll occasionally say is, well, there's no indication that Russia actually changed the outcome of the election. And that is absolutely 100% fake. I mean, we're not fake necessarily, but false. It, of course it, they did. Yeah. Of course they did. If you, if you voted against Hillary Clinton and for Trump because you read an article about Hillary Clinton's health yeah, uh, or you read an article about how she intentionally deleted private emails mm-hmm. off of, any of that news came from Russian trolls yeah. and Russian fabrication of disinformation so if your vote was based on any of those news stories they impacted the election yeah. like it, it it's not that hard to believe or not that hard to understand rather it's hard for some people to believe but it's not that hard to understand yeah exactly they may not have gone and we don't even know yet i will say that not to sound like a conspiracy theorist but the department of homeland security took what 10 months to tell 21 states that they'd been compromised by russian hackers uh and, and we Christ. don't even know yet how far into those systems they got now allegedly they only got in and kind of like you know case the joint is what i say but uh, we don't know yet whether or not they stole grandma's jewelry. Like, we just don't know yeah. because we just haven't had that full auditing yet. And because our, our election systems are state by state and we have secretaries of state that control those systems, we don't have like a federal voting system. Every state has to go in and do some sort of audit of its systems. Uh, and I don't know that we've fully done that yet because most of these states just found out 10 months later, this what, the past week or so, uh, that they were compromised. So most of it says that the that the hackers just kind of got in and poked around, but we don't know if they left some malware in there that allows them to get back in. Mm-hmm. We don't know if they cased the joint to find out how they can actually do some damage in 2018. There's a lot of misinfor- or missing information at yeah. this point, and I don't think we can say anything definitive, definitively or conclusively. And it's no... I'm sorry, I'm going on a rant here, but it, it's no uh, accident that a lot of this happened in states where they were closely contested races. Yeah, and in fact, along those lines, I mean, the, the, the thing that we often overlook here is that minds were changed long before votes were cast, long yes. before anyone filled out a ballot or walked into a voting booth. Minds were changed because of all of this uh, Russian propaganda. And in fact, you know, I go back to what Barack Obama said uh, during the transition when and he announced that we were going to begin retaliating against Russia. One of the things that we learned at that point in time was that uh, our intelligence community was going to be implanting malware bombs into the infrastructure of Russia that in case they did something like this again, those quote-unquote bombs, they're not literally bombs, but they're, Mm -hmm. you know, it's malware. It's, It's basically viruses that would then infect or transfer information back to the intelligence community, et cetera. Uh, that these things would be deployed when and if Russia started its shenanigans again. And it was going to be up to Donald Trump to actually engage that process. Where where Barack Obama started it, it was going to be up to Trump to uh, basically press the go button and say, okay, now we're officially going to... Uh, activate these malware mm-hmm. bombs. These are these malware bombs. This idea of a malware bomb 
That may be one of the things that Russia implanted into our voting systems with these infiltrations in 21 states. So whereas they may not have been activated for the 2016 election, Mm -hmm. maybe they're going to get activated for this coming up November uh, off-year election. Maybe they're going to get activated for, well, we know they're going to be, if they're there, they're going to be activated for the midterms. We'll let there be no doubt about that. So that's that's one major possibility in all of this as far as uh, Russia's active measures and and what they intend to do that that could be an explanation for sure for those uh, those 21 states. I also thought it was entertaining that on the same day that we learned about those 21 states and uh, the infiltration of the voting, uh, the election infrastructure there. Uh, that that Trump tweeted that the Ru- the whole Russia thing was a hoax on the same day that his own Homeland Security Department announced that it, he he also said that it was a it was a big hoax. God damn it! <laughs> God damn! Uh, God yeah, damn it! You. It's, it's amazing. And, yeah. and too, I mean, I, I come back to this house analogy because I, I offer this up. It, it's been offered to me and it, it's so clear. And so I offer it up to other people to share with, with people who don't understand why the this Russian infiltration stuff matters. Right. You wouldn't tolerate it in your own home. No. Right? If, if somebody broke into your house, first of all, if somebody cased your house but they didn't break in, you'd still call the cops and be like, hey, there's somebody casing my house. And if the cops were like... Yeah, well, they didn't break in, so what does it matter? You yeah. wouldn't tolerate it. And if they broke in and they like poked around your house, and you were like, you called the cops, and the cops were like, yeah, but you don't know if they took anything. <laughs> you wouldn't tolerate it, right. right? And then, and then, if if all of a sudden you see like pictures of the interior of your house on the internet, <laughs> you, and you called the cops, and the cops were like, well, you don't know that they actually took it. I mean, you would never tolerate it. So yeah. why are we not defending our country the same way? Why are we not insisting? And there are plenty of of good people who in the intelligence community who are saying, look, we have to do more. I mean, we need to actually take a stand uh, and get to the bottom of this. But when you have the commander in chief, you have the president of the United States claiming there's no there there, uh, it's very hard to push forward. I mean, you need to have the president of the United States. We don't know if there's collusion. I have no idea where this investigation is going to lead. Yeah. But why is it so difficult for him to stand up and say that, the Russians attacked. Well, I mean, the God, there's there's so many reasons. There there are so many reasons for that, and and of course he's never going to do it because well, one, he thinks it delegitimizes his win. It delegitimizes his right. win, and also privately, of course, exposes him as being this uh, uh, conspirator in this gigantic fucking attack against the United States. And I do like to emphasize the word attack anytime this ever comes up because it was an attack. You know, it's just uh, I, I just think a lot of this has to do with uh, a lot of people and just regular people, regular voters who are participating on Facebook or participating on Twitter or just arguing at work, etc. These are people who just they, they want to save face. They want to be able to save face. They don't want to admit that they were duped and fooled by Russia, which makes the whole attack even more pernicious and nefarious and just every other every other negative word that you can come up with because it it is so you know i hate to put it in these terms it is so ingenious because this was just the right time for this kind of attack to be engaged where people do get in these shovel fights online every day millions of people engaged in all of that and of course not a single one of them wants to say hey you know what russia fooled me they they made me vote for uh, donald trump instead well, of hillary that, clinton right? and yeah. yeah and so you're it, getting support from people who were actually victims of this thing and i know quite a few of those people uh, who did hear about, you know, did receive fake news reports and who were alarmed and outraged by some of the fake news that they were hearing from Russian propagandists, not knowing that they were from Russian propagandists. And some of these people, of course, are intellectually honest enough to say, yeah, you know what, I was fooled. But a lot of people, especially Trump voters, especially, I hate to say it, especially some Bernie supporters, they don't want to say, hey, you know what, that that new, all that news that I was screaming about with regard to Hillary Clinton last year. Turns out, in hindsight, it was all fake news. It was all, you know, Russian propaganda, part of this attack that is just... Oh, God. It just continues and continues and gets worse and worse and worse. But it's time now to take a second away from all of the uh, harrowing news of the day to talk about the Amazon link at bobseska.com. And, you know, of course, what we love to do, Jackie, is the uh, Stump the Amazon Link game. Where you come up with a an obscure item, p- 
preferably funny or sexual, <laughs> as the case has been over the last editions of uh, of uh, Stump the Amazon Lake. What's been What's been the big hit lately? Well, uh, Kimberly Johnson last Thursday, uh, when she was in for you last Thursday, she came up with male sex doll, and we determined that there are quite a few options if you want to buy a male sex doll. On Amazon.com, there's there's actually one that looks looks like actor Alfred Molina. Oh, great! I can't believe it. Like, oh look, it's Alfred Molina, Ray Had Jackson from Boogie Nights. That scene, that guy. Uh, but yeah, we found out that there are some bargain male sex dolls on oh, Amazon.com. Bargain, because that's where you want to save money. Yes, one was called uh, Triggered Travis. I think was the name. Oh, no. <laughs> but anyway, so that gives you an idea of what we're looking for on the uh, Amazon link. But the whole point is that Amazon.com has everything, and we just try to find something that it does not have. But, of course, it invariably has it. So if you can't come up with one, Jackie, I always have an old standby that I like to, to throw in just in case uh, you, you don't have one in mind. Oh, gosh. I didn't have one set to go, um, but my birthday's coming up. Oh, um, yeah, birthday, okay. Monday, my birthday is Monday. Uh, Stephanie Miller's birthday also coming up, I believe. This weekend, yeah, yeah. I'm excited. I'm, I'm throwing a little birthday get-together, and hopefully I'll get to see Stephanie there. Oh, that's uh, great. We'll have, we'll have some shenanigans to share, I'm sure. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to hear about the shenanigans. Uh, so what could we get that would be funny? We could get matching. How about uh, matching uh, adult-sized motorized cars? Adult-sized motorized cars. Oh, my God. Okay. You know what I mean? Like the kid-sized cars, you know, those, like, motorized, battery-operated, whatever you call them, cars that you get kids for their birthday? Yeah. What if we got uh, one that adults could ride in? Let's give that a shot. Okay, I'm going to bobsuska.com just under the logo. You see the all-capitals Amazon link. I'm clicking that. I'm right at the front page of Amazon.com, lickety-split, and I'm typing in adult battery-powered mini Mini, I'm going to go with mini car. I think that's the best way to do know, it. Why not? Mini car. Well, you know, I'm not seeing an adult <gasps> size one here. Oh, oh my God. No. We, you I'm may, a tiny person, so I might be able to fit into the kid one. <laughs> you may have stumped. But uh, although you might be able to fit, on, yeah, as you say, you might be able to fit on the kid one. We've got here it's $78.49 through Amazon Prime. Available in four to five days. Ride on toy quad, battery powered ride on toy, ATV, four wheeler, right. four wheeler, and I love the dis- I love the titles on Amazon.com because they're so so descriptive. Ride on toy quad, battery powered ride on toy, ATV, four wheeler by little rider. Ride on little toys, <laughs> ride on toys for boys and girls, uh, for two to five year olds, and they're available in two to course, five year olds, two to five year olds. <laughs> Available. I'm a little over five. <laughs> bonus, they're available in both pink and purple. So there, you, what more do you Amazing. want? Uh, and all of well, that. That's how I'm going to get home after I have too much to drink. I'm just going <laughs> to ride my little motorized car. That's right. <sighs> driving down. Uh, uh, where, where is that? PCH. Yeah, exactly. Right on the uh, little tiny car. Well, as we know, Amazon.com has it all, and so can you when you go shopping until you're dropping while also supporting this show. All you have to do is go to bobseska.com instead of Amazon.com. Once you've arrived at the podcast page, just click the all-caps Amazon link just beneath the logo on the main page. It takes you directly to the front page of Amazon.com. You go shopping as normal, but if you use our link, we get a small commission from everything you buy. It costs you nothing extra. And it helps support the show. And if you own a small business, be sure to source all of your supplies from Amazon.com through our link. And don't forget to bookmark it. That's the BobSuska.com Amazon link. It is the only way to shop. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Everybody dance like Elaine Bennis in Seinfeld with the thumbs and the knees. <laughs> oh, God. I hope she's okay. It's going to make me sad. Yeah. Uh, well, paying tribute to Julia Louis-Dreyfus today, uh, who's not dead. It sounds like we're making her sound like she's dead, but she's not. Well, you know not. who is dead she's, is Hugh Hefner. We Hugh, haven't had a moment about that. Hugh Hefner is dead. Thank you, Hugh Hefner, for turning me into a uh, sexual pervert. Thank you very much. Oh, vaginish vagina. Uh, okay, so we're just going to breathe That caught right me up. off guard yesterday, I will say. I know it's so weird. He's 91. Like, yeah. we haven't seen him in a while, but... When you see something like that, someone who's an icon, mm-hmm. and it shows up in your Twitter feed, like Hugh 
Hefner did at 91. It just caught me off guard for a moment. Yeah. You know, like, and then it sunk in. But I was just like, aw. Like, that's kind of... And I got to go to the Playboy Mansion last year. Oh, you did? Um, wow. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that was the... My what was that ever. like? You know, I went during the day for uh-huh. like the First Amendment Award, so it wasn't as sexy and debaucherous. Was as during one the might day, imagine. oh my god! During the day, I can only imagine yeah. what it looks like. Yeah, it's during like the going day. to a haunted house when the lights are on. Right? You know, I just miss the whole. But but we did go. I mean, we toured, and we we didn't go in the house. We were on the grounds, and we went to the like the little zoo and the grotto, the infamous grotto. And, yeah. You know, I mean, I can imagine what it was like at night, and you know, super kind of kind of cheesy '80s look to it. Um, Were they, and I, uh, I hear the inside is like super dark and needs to be renovated and all that good stuff. But it was nice. I mean, it was it was kind of a fun thing, an iconic thing. The grounds are very pretty. Yeah. Um, and it was just nice to be able to say that we did it. I've got a, a picture of myself standing outside of it with a, a girlfriend of mine. See, during the day, it's weird that you got to go into the grotto during the day because during the day, don't they? Aren't there guys out there with hazmat suits? Disinfecting yeah, right. The whole thing. Disinfecting. It. <laughs> Jesus God, I can only imagine. But you can only imagine what it's like at night, right? Yeah. I mean, you, there's like these little. It's like a there's a little cave area, and there's like rooms off to the side, and yeah. you know, little changing areas, and <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's it's a lot. It's a lot more. Um, there's a lot more intricacies to it than you might, might imagine. Uh, that of is, course, like, you know, rubber mattresses and whatnot. But. Oh, my God. So genius. It's like a haunted house after they turn the lights on. That is yeah, so fucking perfect. <laughs> By the way, I have a, uh, speaking of porn, I have a correction from Tuesday's show. I was referring, there's a, there's a uh, kind of fetish porn uh, where, where guys like to look at videos of giant women stepping on little men. I've and, heard and of sitting. that. Yeah. How and, do I know about this? Well, it came up in uh, some prankster tricked Jared Kushner's lawyer uh, <laughs> about Jared's pr- private email. Jared Kushner's lawyer was pranked by a prankster who told the lawyer, as Jared Kushner, that he's got all kinds of links to uh, porn that's that I was referring to as gi- gigantress porn, but it's not called gigantress porn. It's called giantess porn. Oh, because he was mentioning uh, women stepping on giantess. something called Lego scenes, and and oh. so I I was like, what the hell is Lego scene? Oh, little tiny houses made of Legos that that women step on because it then looks like they're really big, like Godzilla sized women, and this is actually a kink. Online, and I referred to it incorrectly as gigantress, but it's actually giantess. So I wanted to, I wanted to issue that correction. And, Did you get into the Jared Kushner registered to vote as a woman? Did you? No, that was new. That was yesterday. That was oh my as god. As we're speaking about Kushner, I mean, who checks that box wrong? I, 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 yeah, what the hell is the deal with I that? I mean, the only, the first thing I thought of is that, that explains his clean, close shave and buttery skin. I mean, that yeah. maybe. <laughs> And then, the, and then the best comment came from Samantha B. Samantha B.'s tweet about Jared Kushner you... registering as a woman. Uh, oh, lock her up? Lock, lock her up. Lock her up. <laughs> that was exactly it. Lock her up. And of course, I, I wrote, like an idiot, I wrote lock him up. That was my first no. reaction. Lock her up. That's why course. she has a show. <laughs> right. That would have been more gender specific to say lock I do find myself putting out tweets and thinking, okay, is there a funnier way to say this? Like, I actually put way too much thought into my tweets. <laughs> Me too. I'm trying, to be, I'm trying to be performance art on my tweets. It's well, so funny. I, I will tell you, I, here's a little bit of a behind-the-curtain kind of uh, revelation as far as my tweeting goes. I had a tweet uh, from The weekend that went super viral. It may be coming up on 70,000 likes oh, God. at this point. Which I'm seeing, one was this? I'm going to see if I can find it. It was a stupid... That's just the thing. I've never had any that high. That's, that's impressive. And it's got... Okay, right now it's got 32,400 retweets wow. and 69,499 likes. This, Jackie Schechner, was a twoop. It was a twoop. I don't you mind... You were twooping! It was a twoop. I, I wrote a twoop. And it went viral. It went viral. And it, went, and it was <laughs> it was amazing. My highest, my most viewed twoop, or my most viewed tweet altogether. I mean, I've never. You no, know, now it sounds like part. an illness, like a viral versus bacterial twoop. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do, 
Which strain of twoop did you get? Did you get the viral strain or the bacterial the vi- strain? The viral. Well, this was clearly the You're the viral strain twoop. of twoop. And, oh, my goodness. Oh, my I God. I had to go to the Which clinic. Which one was it? I, got, I went to the clinic and got a free injection, and I'm all better now. <laughs> Uh, it was, yeah, it absolutely was a viral twoop. It was the viral Amazing. form of, of twooping. And what did you say? I said, I uh, it was just, a, it was a, a Puerto Rico thing for God's sake. Uh, you know, it said, uh, by the way, Trump's Katrina is happening right now in Puerto Rico. He's trolling the NFL while, while an entire U.S. territory is devastated. That was it. Nothing. That's a good one. Well, are you kidding? I don't know. It was just seemed like the same thing everyone else was saying at the time. But then it started to go nuts, and I, boy, it was funny watching. Who was your gatekeeper? Did you figure that out? Because usually when something goes crazy viral, there's one person who tweeted it out who has like a billion followers. It might have um, been, uh, let me see, it might have been Mark Hamill. Um, okay, it, that's you know, possible. You know, I just I, I sound like, you know what, I'm... <laughs> I'm thinking of Chez when I'm doing this. Chez, of course, you remember Chez loved to name drop. Chez was a big of fan of the of the name dropping. So I'm feeling I'm channeling Chez a little bit. No, here. but it's fun yeah. to go back and look. I, I I literally have way too much time on my hands oh, apparently yeah. to yeah. spend on Twitter. Um, but I'm enamored with it. For this 280 thing has me all up in it. I know I'm I'm beside myself. 280 oh, yeah. is such a huge mistake. I um, mean, I was pissed off that I didn't get 280. I, I mean, I'm Who not one of the test subjects. It's awful. Reading it's awful. I don't yeah. like it. Well, I mean, one of the, the things people who have it are doing funny things with it because they're like, "This is terrible. Take this away." You know, for God's sake, Twitter, an edit button, please. I mean, <laughs> I think that's what everyone wants, and they're not giving it to us. We don't yeah. need 280 characters. We just want a goddamn edit button. And here's the solution, because I mean, we we don't want people editing their tweets like as soon as they become controversial or something like that. Right. So the edit, there should be a window of time of like. Oh, I like that. Idea. 30 or 60 seconds in which you get to edit your tweet because that's always the period of time when you see that big glaring typo, typo right? Yeah. Or autocorrect nightmare in your tweet and you go back and you have to and you can't fix it so you have to either delete it or tweet it again and it just becomes embarrassing. So give us like a, you know, 30 60 second window in which to correct our tweets and we'll be satisfied. And then it becomes after that it becomes locked and you can't you can't edit then after that after that window of time. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, somebody put out the tweet, they were like, hey, Twitter, give us an edit button, like, we'll make everything round. And it's like, like, you know, hey, hey, Twitter, we really want an edit button, we're gonna give you 280 characters. It's like, they're totally toned after what people who use the platform really want. Exactly right. It's just totally the wrong thing. It's like what Trump is trying to do with healthcare. It's it's just the wrong, no, we don't need to repeal it. All we need to do is fix the little things that need tweaking. But Anyway, so so there it is. And I just to answer your question, I think the gateway was I noticed that Judd Apatow. Uh, oh, well, there you go. That's so your I, person. Yeah. No, there's Judd always Apatow. a retweeter. Yeah. So there's, there's a retweeter my... that uh, that always pushes it over the limit. I always go back and look and say, okay, who's the one that, that did me a solid on this? <laughs> right, right. So I think that might be. And there's my little episode of, uh, of name dropping right there. <laughs> but anyway. That's a good name to drop. I, I, you know, by, speaking of Chez, this yeah. Lee Stranahan story. Oh my God! It's it's maybe it's this has happened on many occasions since Chez died, but there have been so many occasions when I'm like, Oh my God! I wish I I knew what Chez would have said when this story came out, and at no time has that been more powerful a thought mm-hmm. than in the context of this Lee Stranahan thing, because Chez thought Lee Stranahan was an absolute joke. Like he would just he would have Chez used to have so much fun. To- about Lee Stranahan. Chez would have written 5,000 words about Lee Stranahan in about 30 seconds. And, and I got one for <laughs> you. In the Chez Olympics, who wins? Lee Stranahan or Glenn Greenwald? <laughs> I think I think Lee Stranahan easily. Really? Yeah, I mean, I he think... He despised him more than Glenn Greenwald. Maybe not despises Lee Stranahan more, but just has so much more to And take the piss say. out of him in a... Yeah, okay, yeah, good, yeah. Everything from, well, I mean, all of Lee's physical problems like lee was lee you know lee for a long time looked like and i don't i, I don't think how did was, you meet lee originally how did you connect with lee originally well he looked like you know what he, he looked like a meth addict i i, I don't um, know I, I have no evidence whatsoever that he ever used drugs but he looked like he used meth uh and and chez would have chez had lots of fun uh, about that about that part of lee but uh nevertheless i lee just i think contacted me because we knew each other through the huffington post or something i was aware yeah, of his gotcha. he was doing viral videos during the 2008 campaign i think he did a parody of one of 
Uh, he did a parody of, of Hillary Clinton's 3 a.m. commercial. And I thought was really, I thought it was a funny parody. Of course, I was supporting Barack Obama during the 2008 uh, uh, primaries. And so I, I, of course, thought the Hillary Clinton parody was hysterical. And I think I may have written to Lee or Lee wrote to me. And, and he eventually got to the point where he was blogging on my blog. And then we then he came up with this idea for a blog talk radio podcast called Agree to Disagree with Bob and Lee. And oh, like uh, yeah, and that was the that was the show on which I eventually just started yelling at him for an hour. <laughs> what is your problem, God damn it! God damn and, it! Uh, and so that was, the, and then then we parted ways after uh, be, even before the end of the year. I don't think we made it through the year with that show. So, uh, but anyway, so speaking of crazy people, Roy Moore won this uh, primary oh, against Big Luther. That's Trump's nickname for. I came up with that nickname. No one ever called him. Big Luther before. That's all mine. Copyright Trump organization. <laughs> oh, God. Copyright so, Trump. I mean, this is just it. Now we're, we're at this point where the Republican Party, and we saw a little bit of this in 2010 uh, with the rise of the Tea Party, but now it's amplified even more. The crazy is more powerful now where they're elevating all of these crazy people. Uh, to run for these various offices, and Roy Moore is one of them with the cowboy hat and the—he's got the silver-plated six-gun, you know, in his holster there that he whips out, and he's got the—and of course, that's just the visual side of it. He's got all kinds of crazy ideas, uh, really, really far-right ideas. Makes actually kind of makes Donald Trump seem relatively normal. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a here's a rundown of some of the things that uh, Roy Moore, who's running for Senate out of the state of Alabama, not surprising there. Uh, These are some of the things he believes. He was removed, well, first of all, he was removed from the state Supreme Court for refusing to obey binding rules twice, including most recently for refusing to obey the federal legalization of same-sex marriage. I think we heard about that story as it was was happening. Uh, He fomented the President Obama birth conspiracy theory, the birth certificate theory, which, unlike President Trump, he still hasn't renounced. Suggested Obama is a secret Muslim in a video released by his foundation. Said homosexuality should be illegal, but clarified that, well, this is good news. He clarified that he doesn't think gays should be killed. So that's, that's a bonus. That's good news. Thank you, Roy Moore, for at least conceding that they shouldn't be executed. Uh, he said as recently as this week that certain parts of America are under Sharia law. By the way, that was the other thing about, um, about Twin Falls. Lee Stranahan reported that Sharia law was taking over Twin Falls. And of course, oh, really? it wasn't. Huh. Uh, he called Islam a false religion. He said Muslim Representative Keith Ellison from Minnesota shouldn't be allowed in Congress. He suggested right. 9-11 was a punishment for godlessness in America. Oh, Lord. And said the same of various shootings and killings. And he denied custody of three children to a woman in a lesbian relationship, calling her relationship an inherent evil against which children must be protected. This guy who thinks a lesbian relationship is an inherent evil probably has never, ever seen lesbians in his life, ever. Probably. Or gay people, for that matter. Um, so there, that, that's, that's crazy, crazy... What was the voter uh, turnout in that election? Do we know in the, it was, in the primary? You know, very, very low. It was ridiculously okay. low, and that's a. In fact, Eric Bollert reported on uh, the voter turnout in Alabama for the uh, for the primary, and uh-huh. it was something insane. I like. I want to say like seventeen percent. It was okay, just, like super low. And didn't didn't Trump go back and delete all the tweets he had that were yes, reporting? Yes, he yeah. did. He did, and I envisioned him. Uh, just like or supporting, I should say, he was supporting uh, Luther, Big Luther, and uh, he went back and deleted all those tweets. Yeah, sometimes Jackie, it's kind of unhealthy because I'll sit whenever I, I'll hear a story about Trump doing something weird. Most recently, he has just been especially needy through his Twitter feed. Like when all the NFL stuff was going down and everyone was opposing him, all these NFL players were protesting. I mean, like the Seahawks and the Titans and the Steelers didn't even come out onto the field for the anthem to protest Donald Trump. And there he is amongst all of that. And in the middle of it, he goes, he tweets, well, at least the Pittsburgh Penguins like me, they're coming to the White House. They're nice. They're good people. And so, that you know, it's so... Like, oh, my God, love me, please, love me. And so I envision Trump sitting there 
at his uh, at his mirror, he's got one of those uh, makeup mirrors, right, on a little thing he's sitting on, a, and he's got some sad violin music playing on the background. Let's see, let's with this one. And he's and he's wiping off all the makeup. His hair is now down, like long, like golem-like strands hanging down. And he's and he's got a big pile of uh, of cotton balls, where he's used that to wipe the makeup off with his makeup remover. Then he's got his uh, phone there. He's tweeting, and he's like, "Gotta get rid of Luther Strange. I'm so sad and embarrassed that I endorse Luther Strange. So now I'm gonna get rid of those. Delete, delete. Oh, it's so sad. And tears are coming down, and the makeup is running down onto his." bathrobe and oh god well didn't he also <laughs> so during i mean i i watched a little bit of that insane rally that he held yeah uh, and i i'm pretty sure he uh said a bunch of times that if luther lost and you know he would endorse his opponent and and he was going to be out there you know campaigning like hell for for roy and whatever yeah. it was and then roy turned around and used all that stuff in an ad <laughs> so it, it, it was like right. thanks but no thanks i mean like with with friends like or what is it with uh friends like these who needs enemies exactly <laughs> exactly right thanks, exactly thanks right. for helping dude yeah. yeah no doubt no doubt and of course it was a bad day overall for trump because on the same day that luther strange lost they also pulled the vote on health care and i want to talk about health care right after these words you can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using bubble genius bath and body products see bubble genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska! This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Okay, welcome back to our Thursday show. The great Jackie Schecker is here from InvestigateRussia.org. And uh, before we wrap up the show, I want to talk a little bit about uh, health care and, and what's coming up next, which is basically uh, Donald Trump quietly, secretly undermining <laughs> health insurance uh, situation in the United States without really telling anybody, doing it administratively. And one of the things he's going to do, Jackie, is he's going to sign this uh, executive order. Uh, oh, this is fun. Yeah, I'm glad we brought this up. Yeah, Go he's going to sign this executive order next week, allowing people to purchase health insurance across state lines. Which. <laughs> oh, Lord. Somebody is, asked me on Twitter yesterday if I wanted to explain again why that's uh, not a good idea. You're like, no. And I was like, I was like, yeah, not really, but I will. <laughs> right. Right. First it's, of all, insurance companies can do that and they choose not to. Exactly. And the reason they choose not to is because it's not cost effective for them. That's right. Because they'd have to go into a new state and they'd have to set up all sorts of new contracts with doctors and hospitals and networks. And yep. it just doesn't make any sense for them to do it. Yeah. The reason why you don't want to buy across state lines is twofold. One is that consumer protections are state-based. Right. And if we let insurance companies sell across state lines the way we let credit card companies do, right? You can buy a credit card that's set up in Delaware where they have loose state restrictions or loose consumer protections. So all the insurance companies, if they decided they wanted to do it, if it were cost effective for them, they would go set up in a state that had very loose consumer protections and you'd be even more screwed than you are now. Yeah. The other reason why you don't want to do it is because let's say that you live in California and you can find a cheaper plan in Nevada. How many of your providers in California are going to be covered by your Nevada plan? <laughs> right. Exactly zero will be in network because yeah. it is not cost effective for the insurance companies to set up networks in other states. So you can 
buy a health insurance plan, but you're going to have to pay for everything out of pocket because mm-hmm. nothing's in network. Yep. So there it, you go. Exactly. And, and much, <laughs> li- much, much like the Graham-Cassidy legislation, this is supported uh, among Republicans and no one else. It says here in the CNN article, the concept of letting insurers sell policies in other states has been very popular among Republicans, but much less popular among insurers state regulators and consumer advocates no one likes this because it as you said it doesn't work they don't do it and uh but of course republicans love it you know it's just like again it was just like graham cassidy where the republicans were all into it but literally everyone else including it was like uh we were talking about all the different organizations that came out against graham cassidy which by the way, Buzz Burbank had the funniest Graham Cassidy joke on Tuesday that I've oh, ever well, heard, which is that, well, he said, Graham Cassidy, oh, that's my favorite member of the Eagles. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and so anyway, so Graham Cassidy uh, was not supported by anyone reputable in the entire health insurance or healthcare industry, uh, except the Republicans. And they, well, Bob, what about the American people? Shouldn't they have the say in terms of whether they want... Well, the American people, only 21. What is it, 20 or 21% approval of Graham Cassidy before it was, uh, before it was killed on the saddest day ever for, for Donald Trump? Sad. Uh, and it was extraordinary. Because it was popular. terrible. It was, it was terrible. a terrible bill. It's just a... It's not like... I mean, look, if Republicans want to get into the health care conversation and they want to actually craft something yeah. that's going to improve upon our health care system, Democrats would be more than happy to listen. It's not partisan because it's Republican. Right. It's partisan because the Republican pan- plan is a piece of crap. Yep. It's a terrible plan. And patients groups and consumer rights groups and health economists and policy experts, and I can go on and on and on, said it's a terrible bill. Yep. Yep, and of course the explanation is that, well, we ran on this, we promised this, so we have to do it. Well, that's not a good reason to do anything no. because what you promised was stupid and would have destroyed health care in the United States, which Trump is still actively trying to do through executive orders and Tom Price is pulling some shenanigans over at HHS. Uh, for now, at least until Tom Price is fired. By the way, if you... Bilk all kinds of taxpayers out of uh, tens of thousands of dollars and you use uh, public transportation for your private little trips and things like that. Uh, you get a dressing down from the president, but ultimately you get to keep your job, right? But if you protest against police violence, you have to be fired. That's the Donald Trump. You're fired. Oh, God, the disparity in this in this country right now with this fucking lunatic as president, uh, who, by the way, said said yesterday about health care. Uh, the point is this. Health care, we have it. I don't even know what that means. Health care, well, of course we have health care here. Uh, yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> the point is, health care, we have it. We have the votes. Wrong. <laughs> Donald Trump said this yesterday. Yesterday, after, of course, the it was announced that it was the, the whole thing was dead. But, well, we've got the votes. We've got the votes for it. Well, sure. Because well, now he said he's going to try to negotiate with Democrats to come up with Something which I hope is you know, something that will uh, help the uh, Obamacare exchanges, uh, which will improve them and make it better, which is what they should have done in the first place, which I think Trump has got to be saying to himself at this point now anyway, which is, well, why didn't I do this anyway? Why didn't I do this? <laughs> um, so that's so that's the latest on uh, on health care. So we'll wait and see what happens with that. But I mean, the rumor was going around that they were going to try to loop some sort of repeal legislation in with the uh, the tax reform plan. Oh, God, just let it go. I know. Just let it go. It's I so know. painful at this point. Yeah. It's and like the- how many times you have to be humiliated. Like, you're wrong on this issue. You're coming from a wrong place. You're putting forward the wrong policy. The wrong, Like, let's just stop. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it, they keep trying and trying and trying and trying, and they keep failing and failing and failing. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay with just watching them crash and burn. But at the same time, this is one of those many things that on election night was going through my head. Like, oh, shit, Korea. Oh, shit, healthcare. I mean, that's what I was thinking. All, all throughout election night, as Trump... Uh, as the numbers started coming in, and and especially when uh, Michigan and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin fell, I was just like, oh shit, healthcare, oh shit, North Korea, oh shit, nuclear uh-huh. war, oh shit, mushroom cloud, oh shit, no healthcare. I was just like, oh my god, the, it was just an endless loop of oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. 
And by the way, I said I wasn't going to use obscenities uh, uh, gratuitously, but n- never mind. I guess that's all gone away. Um, okay, so we've got the, uh, the post-mortem show coming up. We're going to wrap up here and uh, move on over to uh, patreon.com slash Bob and Chest. Or you just click the Patreon link at bobseska.com and you can go sign up for uh, either a dollar a month, five dollars. Five dollars a month gets you a couple of free shows, including the post-mortem show. In addition to the free show, plus, uh, let's see what else. You also get uh, $10, you get uh, the post-mortem shows and the after party, the Friday after party. And at $15 a month, you get all that stuff, plus a commercial-free version of this show. All right. Uh, let's see, coming up on the post-mortem show, we're going to talk about, uh, oh, I have a correction on the Wisconsin voter ID story. And it's not oh, necessarily yeah. a correction, it's more of a an additional detail mm-hmm. that will blow you away about what happened in Wisconsin. So there's that coming up. We're going to maybe get into uh, Trump's tax reform plan and uh, and a lot more. Oh, God. The DEA is in the news. The head of the DEA plus John McCain, Mitch McConnell, Donald Trump. It just gets How long personal. is this show? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I've, I say all of this. But I got then, shit to do. <laughs> I, know, I say all of this, but we don't get to half of it. If we, you know, and if we got to half of it, that would be an improvement. But you know, we try. We try to do our best to get everything I say we're going to get to. So we'll see what happens. The website is investigaterussia.org. Jackie Schechner is, what do you call yourself, the editor-in-chief? I am the editor-in-chief. Editor-in-chief. There it is, of uh, investigaterussia.org. An invaluable resource. Holy God. Pin the tab to your browser for investigating. Oh, and we, yeah. I mean, I'm so thrilled. We have this amazing additions to our advisory board now. So. Oh, that's great. Can you say who they are? Yeah, you can look on the website. Liam Panetta's joined our advisory board. Wow. And General Michael Hayden and Mike Morrell and uh, Evelyn Farkas and Clint Watts. Oh, well, Clint Watts. And that's Watts. addition to James Clapper. Yeah, and uh, a whole bunch of other big names. So we're super stoked. We have got some amazing national security experts and Russian experts who've just joined the board in the last few days. Oh, my God. Yeah, and, and just in time because we're really hitting... The meat and potatoes of uh, of the investigation into this entire attack. So, wow, go go bookmark it and uh, and as I said, pin the tab in your browser. I have done that already because it Yay. is uh, it is an unbelievable. And not just because you love me. Oh uh, yeah, well, well, there's there's that too, of course. All right, postmortem show coming up next. See you over at Patreon, folks. Bye bye. It fucking sucks. <laughs>